You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, Battle Red Nation, to another episode of Locked On Texans, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Texans writer over at ESPN Houston slash sports map covering your favorite football team every day. On today's episode, I will be joined by New York Jets podcaster, Mr. Michael Palace, as we go behind the scenes and take a look at why Jamal Adams wants out of the Big Apple. Which team do he feel has the best assets in order to trade for the All-Pro DB? And do the Texans even have enough to get into the mix? But before getting into the Adams trade situation with Mr. Michael Palace, first on the agenda, is Deshaun Watson really the fourth best quarterback heading into next season? One NFL expert believes so. Earlier this week, Chris Sims of Pro Football Talk continued his countdown ranking of the league's 40 best quarterbacks heading into the 2020 season. Coming in at number four, Deshaun Watson. Now, before getting into why Watson came in at number four, Sims said that Watson may be the best playmaker in the league. Of course, given his ability to create something out of nothing, and we've seen that time and time again. I remember when I talked to Darren Fells a couple months ago, and we actually talked about what was his favorite moment of the season. And he said about far, Deshaun Watson was getting sacked, got out of the sack, got kicked in the eye, and was still able to find Fells for, I believe it was a 20, 22-yard touchdown throw against in the win against the Oakland Raiders inside the NRG Stadium. Everyone knows that Deshaun Watson is arguably the best quarterback in the league at creating something out of nothing. I mean, hell, they don't call him the Houston Houdini for nothing. But Sims went on to say that he believes that the Houston star quarterback on-field production will take a slight dip next season with DeAndre Hopkins no longer on the team. Now, yes, I'm pretty sure Watson and his teammates, hell, all of us here in Battle Red Nation, we're going to miss having the number one receiver on our team. But I'm not too sure that it would take him out of the running of being a top three quarterback going into next season, especially given the fact that Bill O'Brien has given Deshaun Watson four reliable and quality receivers in Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks, Kenny Stills, and Randall Cobb. Now, I don't have a problem with Watson coming in as the league's fourth best quarterback. Me personally, I believe he is arguably the second best quarterback in this league. You have to give credit where credit is due. And yes, Patrick Mahomes right now is the one quarterback outside of Watson, Jackson, and Mahomes who has a Super Bowl title. But I'm okay if you rank Patrick Mahomes ahead of him. I'm not that much okay if you want to rank Lamar Jackson ahead of him. I mean, Lamar Jackson had a phenomenal season last year. Of course, MVP, Michael Vick 2.0, even better in some people's eyes. But I'm more disappointed by the players who was ranked ahead of him that kept Watson outside of the league's top three quarterbacks, according to Chris Sims. Now, when you think of the rankings of the top three quarterbacks in the league, you automatically think Mahomes and Jackson are going to be one and two, correct? Well, surprisingly, only one of them fell in the top three. 
And of course, that one was Patrick Mahomes coming in at number one. Lamar Jackson was ranked as the fifth best quarterback with Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson coming in at two and three. I kind of understand Wilson to a certain extent. Of course, this was based off of last season. And Wilson had arguably the best season of his career last year. But Rodgers, in 2020, ahead of Jackson and Wilson? Ladies and gentlemen, I don't see it. And I would have to respectfully disagree with Mr. Chris Sims. Yes, Roger is still a top-tier player in his league. And me personally, I and I don't want you guys to sit here and think that I'm just bashing Aaron Rodgers because he is by far one of my favorite quarterbacks of all time. But when you take a look at the top quarterbacks going into the 2020 season, I just don't see why Rodgers would be ranked ahead of Watson and Jackson. Outside the fact that Aaron Rodgers threw for a little bit over 4,000 yards in 2019, Watson and Jackson surpassed Rodgers in nearly every single statistical category for a quarterback. QBR rating, Lamar Jackson first, 81.8. Deshaun Watson, seventh in the league. 68.7. Aaron Rodgers, 50. Most touchdowns. Lamar Jackson, 36, first in the league. Deshaun Watson, 26 touchdowns on the year, ironically tied with Aaron Rodgers for eighth in 2019. The only category where Watson kind of fell behind pretty, pretty bad behind Aaron Rodgers was interceptions. Deshaun Watson had 12, while Aaron Rodgers only had four on the season. Again, no disrespect to Aaron Rodgers. He is one of my favorite quarterbacks of all time. But to sit here and say that he is better than both Watson and Jackson going into next season, I just don't agree with that statement. And for those of you who say, well, Rodgers threw for over 4,000 passing yards last season, that should should mean a lot. Well, yeah, it does mean something to a certain extent. Because my rebuttal would be, Hell, Jameis Winston led the NFL in passing yards with 5,109 last season and and 33 touchdowns. He didn't even crack the top 15. And for those of you who might be interested on seeing who round out the top 10, we all know Sims' list went Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson. In that order, one through five. Ranking 6-10, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, Dak Prescott, Matt Stafford, and the one and only, (laughs) even though he does not have a team right now, Cam Newton. Now we're going to shift our focus and talk more about the trade rumors surrounding New York Jets star Jamal Adams. And joining me for this discussion today is Michael Pallas, podcast host of Believe in the Jets, only on the Believe Podcast Network. Michael, what's up? What's going on, man? Not much. A lot of a lot of chitter chatter in New York, even though uh, we haven't, <laughs> even though there hasn't been much football. <laughs> yeah, man. You know there has been a lot of news coming out of New York, and I'm happy because it actually gave me something to talk about covering this team during this dead period. So, with all that being said, let's let's jump right into things, Michael. And as you guys know, last week Jamal Adams requested a trade from the New York Jets. 
and gave a list of seven teams he would like to be traded to, one of which were the Houston Texans. And Michael, I'm bringing you on this show today so we can get a better understanding of A, why Jamal Adams wants out of New York, and B, which team, especially the Texans, have enough in order to make a deal for the star DB. So with all that being said, what are you hearing in New York on why Adams wants out of the Big Apple? Well, first of all, it, it's a patience thing with Jamal Adams. He thinks it's taking too long. Uh, there, ha- there hasn't been any contract talks whatsoever, according to Adams' side of the story. And for me, it's, it's getting tiresome to talk about because, for, for one, Jamal Adams is doing all the talking and the Jets are saying nothing when it comes to, at least since, since Joe Douglas said that he wants Jamal Adams to be a Jet for life. And then on top of that, Jamal Adams said that the coronavirus isn't an excuse. Well, guess what? The only player who was in his draft that got signed to an extension was Christian McCaffrey. There's, there hasn't been a lot of action as far as the fifth-year option guys since the coronavirus took effect in the United States, and it's because the the Jets don't know what their cap situation is going to be like, and nobody knows what the cap situation is going to be like next year because they don't even know if there's going to be fans in the or in the football stadiums this year. And if there's no fans, the cap is either going to stay steady and not go and not go up or down, and they're going to borrow from other years. Or it's going to go down. And if it goes down, and then the Jets had re-signed or extended Jamal Adams, actually, then it puts a strain on their cap. So, yes, it's a legitimate excuse. And Jamal Adams needs to just be quiet and be patient. I don't know why he wants to go to the Texans. Nothing against the Texans. But I understand it's close to home. But... There's nothing that the Jets would want from Houston at this point that they could reasonably give up to get Jamal Adams. So I understand wanting to go to Houston, but Houston doesn't have a first-round pick in 2021, so they really can't trade for Jamal Adams. (laughs) To be honest, I do not see the Texans having enough to trade for Adams, but we're going to talk about that later on in the segment. However... You made a good point that I want to focus on right now by stating the jet salary caps and the effect of COVID-19. Because that's something I have taken into account when talking about the Texans, especially given the fact that they're on the verge of giving Deshaun Watson his first major contract of his career. That's why I kind of find it hard to believe that a contract extension is the only reason why Adams wants out of New York. What are you hearing about Adams wanting out of New York beyond the fact of his contract extension? Well, according to Adam's camp, or, or what it seems like to me, um, it seems like that Adams may have been promised something by the Jets, and they're not fulfilling it. And the Jets do have a history of not extending their pr- uh, premium defensive players. Revis was one. They didn't uh, give him a contract extension to. John Abraham was another. But the common theme among the Jets' defensive players that haven't been re-signed is they wanted 
a boatload of money in a salary cap league. I don't know what Jamal Adams has said he wants, but based on what he's, how he's acted and what he's said, and the fact that he's given the Jets a trade demand and wanted to, and gave the Jets seven teams he'd want to be traded to, it seems like either he doesn't want to play here or he just, he's going to tax the Jets and wants them to overpay for him, especially since he said that he would go to a team and not expect a contract extension right away. So for me, it just feels like Jamal Adams just doesn't want to play for the Jets anymore, probably sick of the losing. And to be honest, I I can't blame him for uh, wanting out because of the losing, but you got to be patient, especially with this virus going on. Now, of the seven teams on Adams' wish list, who do you believe the Jets will most likely get a deal done with if they do decide to part ways with their star DB? Dallas. Wow. Really? Why? Because Dallas has a player, ready-made player, that can, at a position of need, that the Jets can get for Adams. and they can also offer draft picks. San Francisco could, but they're not going to give up an offensive lineman. So the best option for the Jets would be Dallas because they can get Michael Gallup and a draft pick. For me, the if, if you're going to trade Jamal Adams, if the trade does not include an offensive starter, the deal is off the table. If you cannot get a guy like Michael Gallup uh, or Mike McGlinchey from San Francisco or a player that can start right away on offense, nothing. Don't even call because it's the Jets need to fix their need to upgrade their offense, not fix, but upgrade their offense. So it starts there. And since Jamal Adams is an all pro, you have to get an NFL player and not just draft. Man, I hope he don't go to the Cowboys. (laughs) However, based off everything you told me about the Jets, do you believe there is any chance that the Texans can get a deal done for Adams? Now, I know you talked about adding a player giving his all-pro status, but looking at this team and what they have to offer, especially on the offensive side of the ball, the only player I could see the Texans putting in a deal in order to get Adams is just Will Fuller. And at this stage of his career, I'm not too sure how much trade value he has. Yes, he's very talented, but the guy cannot stay healthy for nothing. So is there anything, any player, what type of draft picks, would you consider the Texans can make a package around for you to say the Jets will make a deal with the Texans? Not really. Uh, Mostly because I would think not only a player, as far as the Texans are concerned, Will Fuller is a good starting point, but because they don't have a first-round pick in 2021, I'm not 100% sure that the Texans have enough because of Will Fuller's injury history. If Fuller didn't have the injury history, I might be able to go Will Fuller, second-round pick, and then a number one in 2022 
but with his injury history, it's kind of tough right now to think Will Fuller would be a good option for the Jets because they need players who can play and are reliable to play. What about a trade package surrounding Justin Reed? I know he has not reached the level of Adams at the moment, but I do believe within the next two seasons, Reed will be one of the top defensive backs in this league. Uh, If they threw Reed in with Fuller and a 2022 draft pick, I might, I might think about it, but uh, that, that would probably be a, a, a deal that would have to include Fuller Reed and a 2022 draft pick uh, or, or the second round pick in 2021. Oh, wow. That might be a little bit too much of an asking price for the Texans. <laughs> um, Michael, last question before we get out of here. My co-host John and I had a bit of a debate last week about the impact Adams will have if he gets dealt to any one of these seven teams, especially four of them being the Chiefs, Ravens, 49ers, and Texans. I believe if he gets dealt to any one of those four teams, they will automatically be able to punch their ticket to the Super Bowl. However, John, on the other hand, believes outside of the Chiefs and Ravens, he's not going to be that much of a difference maker to get a team to a Super Bowl. So with all that being said, and of course, this is a guy you have watched over the past three years. Do you believe that the addition of Jamal Adams will make any team a contender, no matter what they have surrounding him on the defensive side of the ball? No. I mean, he'll make them better, but he won't make them a Super Bowl caliber defense by himself. Even though he's a good player, he does, and he does help. And like you said, even if he goes to Kansas City, they're a Super Bowl. They, they can punch their ticket to the Super Bowl. San Francisco, Houston is good enough to get to the Super Bowl. If they had Adams, Dallas might be good enough to get to the Super Bowl. He's a, he's a game changer, but he can't make any team a playoff team or any team at a Super Bowl caliber team by himself even though he's that much of a game changer, he's just, it's just the the position. If it were the nineties or the early two thousands, I would say yes, but the way the league is now, it's all about offense. Offense is what's going to drive you to the Super Bowl. Sure. You can have a great game changer like Jamal Adams, but it's an offense driven league. I would love to see Jamal Adams come to Houston just as much as the next person, but I just don't see it happening. You know, as Michael said, the only package that he can see the Texans putting together in order to make a play for Adams is to part ways with Will Fuller, Justin Reed, and putting in a couple draft picks. Now, Adams is good, but I just don't believe he is worth giving up that much. And besides, although I don't think he's going to reach the level of Adams, I truly believe in the next couple of seasons, Justin Reed will be in the running as one of the best defensive backs in this league. Of course, he has to stay healthy, but I, I truly do believe that. But once again, if that's the best trade package that anyone can see in an attempt to try to get Adams, although it hurts, I'm just going to have to say the Texans are going to have to pass on this one. But once again, that was Michael Palace. 
Jets podcaster of Believe in Jets, only on the Believe Podcast Network. You can follow him on Twitter to stay up to date on all things Jets and the latest rumors surrounding Jamal Adams on Twitter at MT Palace. Once again, that's MT Palace, M-T-P-A-L-L-A-S. All right, Battle Red Nation, that's going to do it here for another installment of Locked On Texans. Please do us a favor and take a moment to subscribe to Locked On Texans on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone, Spotify, and all of your favorite podcast streaming services. Thank you so much for tuning in to another installment, another week of Locked On Texans. Once again, I'm your host, Cody Davis. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Cody Davis underscore 24. That's Cody C-O-T-Y D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.